This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. Oh, macaroons, they were like the death of me. Even now, in the summer and it's super humid, forget it, I can't, I can't do it. They're so delicate, if you get distracted for one second and you beat those egg whites too long, it's only once I started making macaroons that I realized why they're so expensive because they have to allocate the cost for what they threw out. That's Shiny Sarah Vanamuthu. She's a fellow bean counter, baker, and public speaker for the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Shiny, thank you for coming uh, and talking with us today. And why don't we start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Perfect. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, so my name is Shiny, and I'm 29, and I'm from Montreal. I'm an accountant. That's what I do full-time, but a lot of people don't really know that I'm also legally blind. I suffer from a rare disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which has pretty much taken my nighttime vision and my peripheral vision. So I pretty much work with tunnel vision and don't really have much depth perception. So a lot of people just see me as a regular person. I go about my day as the regular person. And yeah, that's what I do. And I also bake on the side, which is kind of funny and ironic I guess some of my clients either know come to me knowing that I'm a blind baker some don't know till you know I they pick up their cake order and I just kind of say like hey by the way I hope you don't mind that a blind person made your stuff (laughs) Uh, so it's it's not something I hide but like some people just don't know it right so that's that and uh yeah and I'm from the South Asian community also so there, there's a little tricky stuff about me being South Asian and me opening up about my story, but now it's full out and on there and I couldn't be happier that I like opened up about my story. Why did you find it difficult to open up about your uh, condition? Um, in the South Asian community, it's like this huge stigma and so much pressure for a girl to be perfect. And mm-hmm. in our community, basically as, as a a daughter, a, a woman, you're basically growing up to be this like perfect girl that this guy, a guy will marry. It's kind of sad, but like, it's kind of like we grow up just for that one reason to get married. So it's considered a flaw. Exactly. And it's like, oh, but like, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, if you're not perfect, like, how are you going to take care of my son? Like, um... you know, it's like, it's like, it's that pressure of being perfect. So you get chosen in a sense by someone to marry Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and it's 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 unfortunate that that's like the one thing that like you know so I guess and I was like 21 and in the South Asian community that's like prime time to get married and I was like done yeah I was done school I was in my field so the next thing my parents were thinking like oh yeah you know if you have a boyfriend or something like let us know you know because like you you need to get married and then I got diagnosed and then it was kind of like okay like you know it's not an obvious thing and like I know my parents are doing it to protect me and I I myself wasn't ready to share this information with anyone either so I was like okay yeah we don't need to tell anyone and it was in 2014 of like August that I decided like okay enough is enough like I couldn't do it anymore because my vision was getting worse that meant like it was getting harder to hide at one point I was talking to one of my friends and she had actually just got diagnosed with cancer so we were talking about like how 
disease and everything in our community is so like taboo and like people hide it especially when we're women because we don't want to seem less perfect we were saying like if we don't talk about it no one's ever gonna know anything it's just gonna be something that no one ever talks about and god knows who else is going through something like this i knew like there are so many people i had to address it to so i was like how do i do this so i i wrote my story and i got it published through an online uh, website called tamil culture even the morning that the story was being published i almost emailed them saying don't do it because i was so nervous of all the what-ifs in my head oh my gosh did your parents know you were doing this or no one knew no one knew not even my parents and i think i really should have told my parents this because i didn't realize like how how far this was gonna go like of who was gonna read all this and how far and like well received it was gonna be and so I was at work, it got released at like 10 a.m., but I was at the office that day, and I remember during lunch, I looked at my phone, and I had so many messages, missed calls, notifications, I was like, no, I can't deal with this right now. And then the people from the online magazine, they had called me and said, Shiny, are you seeing what we're seeing? It's good. They're like, just, just go on and check. To me, it was like, okay, like all these fears I had were just in my head. And to look back that I hid it for like four years, at that point, four years, hiding it, and like ruining my inner self with all these fears in my own head for what? Because I thought this was gonna happen. And then to find out that everyone like basically supported me, like my dad, people on my dad's scene were shocked. Like my clients were like, what? You should have told us that we would have totally advertised you like this, you know, like stuff like that. And it's just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. to know, like, okay, like we ourselves can sometimes ruin things for ourselves with fear. That article of me opening up opened up so many doors for me that. If I look back now, like if I hadn't opened up, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. That's amazing. I mean, is that how you connected with the Foundation Fighting Blindness? Yeah, so exactly. So they saw my article and they were like, hey, so you have RP and like we saw because somehow the article got posted on Huffington Post and they caught it from there. So uh, they saw it there and she was like, we need you. You know, we're planning to start this new program where people like you, like young adults, need a place to come like be with others who are visually impaired for me i didn't know anyone else that was visually impaired at all right right so i went down to toronto and i it was the most overwhelming but most amazing experience i ever had in my life so it was the first time i was around other non-sighted people like that were around my age Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't have i don't have a guide dog or anything even at that point i you know so i walked in and i saw other people with guide dogs, other people with white, like their white canes. And to me, at first it was like, oh my God, so this is where I'm going to end up. But then mm-hmm. we all started talking, we're talking about things. And I'm just like, you know what? Even if I get there, I'll be fine. It was so great for everyone to share our story because we all come from different backgrounds, we're different ages, we all have different eye diseases. And even if we do have the same eye disease, it was so different. Yeah. I got to learn so much. I got to meet so many amazing people. And like, I got to meet parents with younger children who were there because they wanted to get like a step like they wanted to look further ahead and see how it would be for their children mm-hmm. and it was it was an honestly an amazing experience and I've been with the foundation fighting blindness since then and I I'm actually working on our next summit this year we're going to Vancouver so I get to meet more people and like help more people on the other side of the country that's amazing yeah and we're also going to Halifax it's so amazing to be around other people who are like us because we get to share experiences and we get to vent and make blind jokes that no one else understands. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, 
it's, it's a great thing to be around other people and like you know it's great to have that balance of sighted friends and non-sighted friends you know so I like to play a couple of games okay and the first one's this or that the choice is yours you can get with this or you can get with that phone call or text oh phone call Netflix or YouTube Netflix work hard or play hard oh play hard Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Burger or hot dog? Ooh, burger. Popcorn or chips? Popcorn. Android or iOS? iOS. Me too. I'm such an Apple girl. <laughs> I don't understand how the Android works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too complicated. But the camera's great, but I don't know how to work the phone. Salty or sweet? Salty. <laughs> Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Truth or dare? truth what i am always the dare i'm <laughs> yeah i'm not always true i don't want to do anything <laughs> see that'll explain there's something wrong with me <laughs> so you bake and you started your own business yes it's called cakes and shines what was it that gave you the itch to bake uh well i've always baked as a child like every time I have a birthday my mom's like okay we need to bake so you can bring stuff to your class like classmates you know like you know we have we're big on like when it's our birthday we have to treat people yeah so so we always my mom and I would always bake together and we'd always do like the simple like you know icing from Betty Crocker and I kind of just grew up doing that and then Mm -hmm. after I got diagnosed like I wasn't really doing much my parents were kind of scared like they were like, oh, it's night. Like, maybe you shouldn't go out much. And I was myself didn't really want to get out much. So I was home a lot. And I was like, oh, let me like further my baking beyond my Betty Crocker days, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started baking and I started watching YouTube tutorials. And I just got, I just like was like, I had so much time on my hands that I just, I just tried everything and anything. I, I would go to like, uh, like bulk barn and like buy fondant and like cookie cutters and fondant cutters. And I just started experimenting. So I started posting stuff on my, personal Facebook and people were like and then my people that were connected to me on Facebook would message me like hey can you make me a cake and I was like you want me to make a cake and they're like yeah just just make this cake try but I'm like so in the beginning it was just like I wasn't charging it was I was still new I was still learning and I started doing friends and family and then in 2012 or 13 I opened up a Facebook page funny enough like I used to make uh like I used to do wedding cakes I used to do all that and mm-hmm. tables but like with my vision getting a little worse now um I find like I don't do as much cakes anymore mm-hmm. but just because mm-hmm. it's more detailed and it's taking me a lot longer and it's not fair for me to charge more because obviously I'm taking more time uh so I kind of don't do as much cakes now and solely just focus on sweet tables and I kind of like sweet tables more because they're it's more personalized it's more fun and like I can do like cute little cupcakes cookies and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm kind of having more fun with right now so when you do these sweet tables do they come pick it up or do you go set it up for them uh so either they come pick it up or I I love my family they're like my mom used to bake when she was younger so she kind of always sneaks into the kitchen while I do these things oh I love it yeah so she always helps and my sister's a big help too. My sister's a creative person also. Mm. Uh, so 
sometimes it's like a family thing like we all go and set up together oh my gosh i love that yeah they'll come and then they'll see like i'll be setting up and you'll see my dad taking pictures of the cake and stuff it's cute it's like it's honestly like i'm super super grateful my family that's so cute cakes and shines and you've got your whole team with you yeah <laughs> the cakes and so, shines yeah, team yes. but all this because i had been diagnosed with rp and i didn't know what to do with myself and i literally turned the frustration and all that stuff it was like ther- therapeutic for me to like bake a cake and decorate and like making fondant like accents it was just like you know putting on music and just sitting there and like my way of like dealing with it in a weird way so baking was like my, my therapy yeah not weird at all because i say that every single day <laughs> honestly because it's it's just somewhere where you can be you yeah and you don't the kitchen is forgiving it is the kitchen but, but doesn't the, clean, the cleaning is not forgiving. it's not <laughs> but there's no judgment there you can yeah. work on your own at your own yeah. pace yeah. you don't need someone to guide you along if yeah. you don't feel comfortable doing something don't do it do something else and that's what i love about the kitchen is because it's so versatile it's such a space where you can be yourself and yeah. that's it there's there's no one else that can can do anything to make you feel anything other than you in a mm-hmm. kitchen and uh, I love hearing that that's what baking did for you. It's funny because uh, people used to like, you bake when you're stressed. I'm like, yeah. It's like, especially when you're trying something for the first time, you're kind of like, you're like, okay, let me just kind of go into the kitchen and just kind of see what happens. Like, you know, like, oh, let me just throw this ingredient and this flavor and like try this out or let me try this new technique and see how it works for me. And especially being a little, like not being fully excited, you have to find ways that work for you. Like the tutorial is going to tell you one thing, but you kind of have to adapt it so it works for you. Right. So what have you done to, to, to switch up things with your baking? So this way it can act, it can work for you rather than against you. Cause I know some things I do, they can work against you in the kitchen. Oh yeah. So like, I think for me, like things have to be like, a lot bigger and like more colorful like black works if it's like against like a white background the drawer the inside of the drawer is white then I can do with black but like inside cupboards where it's dark I really can't do with the color black like I need color just so I can see stuff things have to be placed where they're placed because I work off of memory Um, my memory is my best friend Mm -hmm. so and I still live at home so that can be a little tricky because we still (laughs) share the kitchen (laughs) so like you know if you put something somewhere and someone uses it but then like it's and it's not their fault because they don't work the same way that I work it's if it's not back in the same spot and I go to reach for it and that's not there I'm like oh my god and I freak out yeah it's kind of like that saying everything has a place and there's a place for everything And the reason why we do that is because we don't have to go searching for it after. It's like finding Waldo, right? It's like, where the hell did my measuring cup go? (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I don't want to have to look for it. And and I know this sounds funny, but like when you're not fully sighted, you don't want to look more than you have to look. Because it takes us a lot longer to look. Oh my God, (laughs) yes. And like sometimes you have to like literally take a step back so you can find something. It's because so it's, true. When something know? falls on the floor, isn't it like, oh God, here we go again. Yeah, you got to step like, all the way back out of the room. Yeah, literally. I step out of the kitchen. I'm like, where did you fall? Like, yeah. where did you go? And it's like, and especially if you didn't hear it fall, you're like, oh, you couldn't even track down where it fell. Exactly. You're like, I think it fell somewhere. And sometimes it ends up in the dining room and you're like, oh, like really? So like, yeah. So like there's little things that you have to make it work for yourself. And like, I think that's the key. I think even if like you're not spending anything in life, Find a way that it works for you because we are all made in a different way. We all function in different ways. So like tutorials and like cookie cutter ways of things are a great way to start. And then you just kind of shift 
and make things work to your own pace. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's helped me. Like even when like look, look I'm sure you do this too. Like when you find a recipe, the first time we'll kind of go with the recipe because it's probably the first time we make it. But then afterwards you kinda of go, Okay, I've done this, okay, this kinda of, this I didn't like, or maybe I'll change it. And you kind of change it to your preference. I'm Mary Mamalee, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Shiny Saravanamuthu, a baker and public speaker. You're Sri Lankan, correct? Yes, Sri Lankan Tamil. I want to learn how to cook (laughs) your cuisine. Tell me, where do I start? What do I do? What are some of the traditional dishes? It's so funny because like when we always ask our parents, like, teach us how to cook. Our parents are like, they they never had like a recipe book or anything, right? So like Mm -hmm. they they cook and it's like my mom would cook and she'll be like, okay, so you just add a little bit of this and then you add a little bit. I'm like, like, how much is a little? She goes, I don't know, you just feel and just kind of put it in there. And then like, she'll go back to step number four without even realizing and add more because she's like, oh, you need more turmeric. You need more ginger. And I'm like, okay, but how, like, you know, like, so it's like, it was hard to like figure out how to do it. I'm still not a pro at it. You obviously compare it to your mom's cooking. You're like, it does not taste the same. Yeah, yeah. Our, our food is very there's a lot of heat in our food so there's a lot of spices it's a lot of like we literally put ginger turmeric and garlic and in, in a lot of things we're very big on turmeric which i'm kind of happy about because turmeric has so many benefits and it's literally hidden in our food mm-hmm. uh even the bit, ginger the garlic it's so yeah. it's so healthy it's so good yeah so obviously we have our curry powder we have our spices mm-hmm. um a lot of things are fried. It's too okay. bad, but like, but now like after like our like, obviously my parents are older, so they're like, okay, we can't really be frying everything. So now I bought them like an air fryer, so we kind of cheat in the system and we use the air fryer. How do you fryer. like it? Do you like the air okay. fryer? Oh my god, I've had it. I think mine's actually gonna die, so I need to go buy it again. But I've had it for I think about five years now. It's amazing, honestly. Like you put your meats in there, and it fries, and it comes out crispy. There's no oil. You can put a pound of potatoes and put like not even a tablespoon of oil, and it comes out crispy. Like a lot of the meats fry with their own fat, so it's good. Like you can put vegetables. You do everything in there. Okay, so share with me. What's what's name one traditional dish you have for lunch every day? Is pretty much rice. Okay, if if we could eat rice every day, we would eat rice every day. And then my mom will make a curry, a a protein curry. So usually there's meat. On days where we're vegetarian, she'll do either tofu or she'll just have like chickpeas, stuff like Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. a base like that. And then there's like vegetarian uh, options that we have also that my mom kind of makes. And then we'll have have, like a like a salad of some sort to go with the food, uh, which. And it's crazy because like they just cook with whatever's in the kitchen. No recipe, no nothing. Whatever works, works, goes together. Sometimes she'll have like lentils and like something else mixed in there, like lady fingers, like and make a curry out of it. And we're like, okay, never thought that would be possible. Like no, whatever they get works. pantry pantry inspiration is what I call it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a mixture. It's very colorful. It's very healthy, minus the frying part. So my mom doesn't fry as much anymore. But mm-hmm. so it's so you get your veg- vegetables, you get your grains, and you get your meat and it's funny because my my parents sometimes don't have portion control so I'm like that's a lot of rice but like they're used to that I I still have a lot to learn when it comes to South Asian cuisine because we grew up only eating like Sri Lankan Tamil food so when we got older my mom was like oh why don't you girls like two days out of the week make like western food so like they can try it and we can try we can have the foods that we want to eat so we kind of grew up like learning how to make other food because my mom was like, I'll take care of the brown food. You girls try it. And like, so they can get introduced to stuff. 
So now mm-hmm. my mom knows how to make her like shepherd's pie. She can make pasta. She'll make like, so she's learning because like we made stuff and we're like, oh, this is how you do it and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. and my mom always says like, once you learn how to make one curry, like properly, just substitute it for another meat or another veggie and like, ch- like change things around. She goes, it's quite simple once you get the feel for it and know that this is how it's supposed to be and kind of just like trust yourself with that like, you're putting the right amount of stuff because there's no like recipe or measurement mm-hmm. to go by. Do you have a, a signature dish that you prepare or like to prepare? I like, I'm like old school and I like making shepherd's pie. Like it's like, so good. I, yeah, because it's so, so easy to make, but like, it's so filling and I add my brown spices and stuff to the meat. Okay. So tell me, what do you do? What spices are you adding? I'm adding like turmeric, ginger. I add masala powder. I add like everything just to give it some heat, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I'm just to like, cause I, those so are spices, good. The, so spices that like we kind of like grow grew up using there's familiar tastes too and it's kind of easier to grab like it's we have like a huge container of it so I'm just like, okay this will make it better like you know a little bit of this you know and you kind of just experiment it was there a recipe that actually took you the longest to perfect oh macarons <laughs> oh they were like the death of me <laughs> honestly even now like some days if it's like if it's in the summer and it's super humid, forget it. I can't. I can't do it. It's just they're so delicate. Mm-hmm. If you get, if you get distracted for one second, and you beat those egg egg whites too long, you're screwed. That's it. You got to start over. It's so true. And then, and then sometimes you think you got it down pat. You start putting them onto the mat, and then you realize, nope, this isn't gonna rise. It's it's one of those things. And that, I it's know. only once I started making macaroons that I realized why they're so expensive because they have to allocate the cost for what they threw out it's true it's because you can never so true you you can never get a perfect batch it's one of those things like i love them but i also hate them okay we're gonna go to rapid fire first one if you could have a superpower what would it be teleportation oh really yeah because i can't go i would travel the world especially because you can't drive drive. that's so Right? Smart. Smart. I, yeah, I would go anywhere I want and I can travel anywhere I want. So yeah, teleportation. I always say it. Teleportation or flight. One of the those not moving, just because I can't drive. All right. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? <laughs> You're gonna have a sugar problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> The amount of desserts that go into that fridge. Okay, name five foods you always keep in your fridge or in your pantry. Uh, there's always raspberries. There's always spinach, chicken. Um, I always have rice cake. Mm-hmm. And natural crunchy peanut butter. Nice. Favorite snack? Caramel popcorn. Mmm. Weirdest dish you've made? Oh, the first time I tried to make pesto pasta salad did not turn out great it just looked weird like it's just right. too green and people were like what too, the too green <laughs> yeah yeah no. yeah no so it's that time where i ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us um well i once had to i made a cake the cake came out perfect everything was great i started stacking it i was about uh-huh. to do and i iced it everything was great started doing the fondant and I don't know if it was the weather. It was really hot that day. I don't think we had our AC in or whatever. The cake, the fondant started bubbling. No. 
and I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And the cake started sweating and I was like, oh my God, I'm hot. The cake is hot. What is happening? It was, oh my God. I, I think I started crying. I didn't know what to do. No. Yeah. And like, once you rip the fondant off, the icing comes off, the cake is not as smooth anymore. So you got to go back. You got to do it again. Well, at least you got topping for ice cream. <laughs> it was just like, I was just like, I was like, oh my God, that's the first time I found out that cake sweat. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like beads of sweat on I it? I was like, look, can you see the fondant? Like, you see that it's, like, sweating, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> and you see it, like, bubbling, and you're like, oh, my God, this is not happening to me right now. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was, you could ask my parents. I started crying. I was like, what is oh. happening? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Lessons learned. Thank God your clients don't watch us while we pick. <laughs> so if our listeners want to reach out to you, follow you, find you, ask any questions, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. And my handle is shines underscore with RP. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me, talking to me. You are a gem. I had so much fun. Oh, God, me too. I had so much fun. <laughs> It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.